Welcome everybody to podcast today for August 13th, 2016. Yesterday, after recording an episode of The Weekend Show with Ken, a show that is in your feeds right now if you subscribe on iTunes, searching for TWS Network, or just go to soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK, you can get a new episode of The Weekend Show. I think it's pretty good. It's a bumper edition. It's like an hour 40. We just kept on going. <laughs> but it's worth it. Kind of, I hope. You tell me. Anyway, but yesterday, after we finished recording, me and Ken were like, yeah, let's go, to, to, go see a film. Why not go see a film? So we went to see Pete's Dragon at 11.15 at night. It was a private screening. And by private screening, I mean no one else showed up. Which is to be expected, it's a family film at 11 o'clock at night. I don't think a lot of people go to family films that late at night, take their kids to like an 11 o'clock screening of a kid's film. That's not generally something most parents tend to do. It's probably something I'd end up doing with children. It's the reason never give me children. Anyway, yeah, we went to see Pete's Dragon. I have very little knowledge of the original film because this is a remake of the 1977 family film animation thing. It was one of those Disney films that jarringly jammed kind of hand-drawn animation and live-action characters together in a way that never felt right to me. All those films look weird. Just doesn't work. Blah. But yeah, I, I've never seen that film. I, I have literally no experience with it. I have no idea what it's really about. I, I, I'd recognize the, the titular dragon. I'd recognize Elliot if, if I saw him. But other than that, I really don't know what the film is about. So I, I didn't really have much in terms of expectations. I didn't really know what this film is even going to be about. So yeah, just, it's just like, just like it's a Disney film. Why not go see it? And it is one in the never-ending trend of Disney remaking their animated classics as live-action films, because this is a straight live-action remake of Pete's Dragon. Obviously, the dragon is not real. Or is he? He's a CG dragon, and the kid is real. Because earlier this year, we saw The Jungle Book, we've already seen Maleficent, we've already seen Cinderella. So, you know, Disney are remaking everything under the sun, hoping people go see it and pay money to see it, because they can't buy a live-action hit to save their life otherwise. So let's just remake the old stuff people like. And really, that's not a bad idea. Especially when some of these films, Jungle Book in particular, I think was a film that needed improving and they kind of improved it. Where these films have very good ideas and very good kind of core structures and just tweaking it and altering it and modernizing it and bringing it into the modern day. Though I say modernizing it, one of my favorite things about this film, and I, I love this film by the way, Pete's Dragon, it's so good. It's the best film of the summer by a landslide. It's actually my favorite film of the year so far. But one, one of the things about it is it feels so timeless. It feels like remarkably timeless. Its score doesn't really reveal its age. It's set in the, I think, early 1980s, but there's there's no like 80s technology. It doesn't date itself in any way. This it's it's like utterly timeless. You could drop this into any age in front of any children and it would work because the story is straightforward. A young boy named Pete. It is he is the titular Pete. I will take any excuse to say the word titular. You probably know this by now, but a, a young boy is orphaned when his, his parents crash the car swerving from a deer. As, as Disney films tend to do, they off the parents nearly immediately, <laughs> which is fantastic. Can Disney not come up with different ways to put children through like emotional growth and a journey without having to kill their parents first? Apparently not. It's just like, what did Walt Disney have against parents that he killed them all? But yeah, Pete discovers a dragon in the woods and the dragon takes Pete in. And they become pals, and they live together for six years, free of, of people in the wilderness, frolicking about in nature, confronting bears and flying around the place. And then, of course, we're brought six years later after Pete meets the dragon, and then we, we see how the relationship blossoms. And then six years later, suddenly the human world is inflicted back upon Pete, and those two worlds collide. 
It's so beautifully shot. This film is so gorgeous to look at. It's because it's nearly entirely set in the woods or a small town. It also stars Bryce Dallas Howard as a forest ranger who finds Pete and and Carl Urban as kind of the main quote unquote villain. But this film doesn't really have a villain, at least not in the mustache twirling sense, <laughs> which is how you define all villains. It also has Robert Redford playing Grace's father, who is an old man who had seen the dragon in the past and no one believed him. And he was a, he just told stories about it and told a kind of trumped up versions of those stories just to impress kids. But Robert Redford's amazing. I assume there are some Robert Redford nature documentaries out there and I kind of want to watch them all because he does a few voiceovers here and it's just like, please just speak to me forever, Robert Redford. You are so amazing. But yeah, this film is, is so small. It's so modest. It's so like contained. It's, it's just these, these small group of people in this small town. It's such a contrast to all these big films we've seen this summer. And, and there's a, a line of cynicism that's run through these films. There's there's not a great deal of, of hope and uplifting tones coming out of these films. Like Suicide Squad is, is, is probably the biggest reflection of our cynicism. Even Batman vs Superman. When you look at what those characters now stand for and why they're punching each other. It's due to fear and distrust and anger and hatred and, and all of those terrible things and Suicide Squad is, is a bunch of villains that takes the idea of the anti-hero to a probably it's natural extreme where they're just presented pretty much as the heroes. They're still villains but they're pretty much presented as heroes. It's a superhero film. I don't think many people call it a supervillain film. Whereas this film is just so like simple and and gorgeous and thematically interesting and rich and it's about nature and communities and what is a family is a family you and a dragon can that be a family or is it you and people you've just met uh, can you have families between different species and different communities and what is a community and and then there's this element of magic when they introduce a dragon like it's a dragon what does that mean but it's not like, oh, kill it. Well, they don't, well, they never really try to kill it. They more try to kidnap it and use it for show. <laughs> King Kong style, basically. Yeah, it's just such a gorgeous little film. I adored it. It's it's it's, it's my favorite film of the year, by a landslide. And uh, Oaks Fegley plays young Pete, does a great job. Fegley is a funny name. Does a great job. He, he's at no stage precocious, which is the probably best thing about his performance because precocious child actors are the worst. That is an objective fact of the universe. You know, the film has a great score, particularly the end credit song, Something Wild, featuring Andrew McMahon in the wilderness and with Lindsay Sterling on the violin, I assume. I, I don't know, instruments. Great song. It would win the Eurovision, no bother. Should enter it because <laughs> that's the priority. But yeah, it's just nice to see such a, a colourful, brilliantly shot, brilliantly simple and small. It, As I said, just a small film. And it's a Disney film, so it has those kind of Disney sweet and heartwarming and kind of vaguely inspirational tones that you get out of Disney films. And if if I weren't such a jaded cynic, I think its underlying environmental message would probably get to me, but I'm too set in my ways. But there are kids that aren't set in their ways, and they'll see this film and see Pete as a metaphor for nature in general, and he should be left to his his wilds out in the, the woods slash mountains. Yeah, I love this film. It's it's tremendous. Go see it. Sometimes they'll have Elliot the dragon blurred in the background, or he'll come across the shot really quickly, or they'll they'll find ways around of having to fully realize them in the shot when they don't really have to, because this film was made for $65 million, which is a fairly modest amount of money for a major summer blockbuster made by Disney, directed by David Lowry, who's 
I don't think known for family films in particular. He rocks a mustache as I look at his Wikipedia page. But yeah, if you have the chance, and even if you don't have the chance, make the chance, go see Pete's Dragon. It's 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 tremendous. It's really, really good. It's the best one of the summer by Landslide. You can listen to new episodes of podcasts today every single day at soundcloud.com forward slash TDSKK. New episode of the weekend show is in your feeds. Go listen to it. And episodes of podcasts today, of course. Just subscribe on iTunes, searching for TWS Network. Or you can subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, at Garrett Gidney, G-A-R-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.